Welcome to Inside Amusements, your number one podcast about yesterday, today, and tomorrow's amusements with your hosts, Brian, Chris, and Eric. I'm Joe, the producer, and this is episode number three, Kings Island, 50 Years of Memories. And now, here's Chris. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the episode number three. Uh, Like Joe said, just wanted to get uh, touch base on some news topics. Uh, Pantheon's open um, for past previews uh, for pass holders. It opened on a cold March day, so it wasn't running as fast as it could. But I guess all the reviews that are coming out are pretty positive. So that's a good thing. Uh, The next topic here, Brian is going to very much enjoy it. Racer is getting its red, white, and blue paint scheme uh, back. So I'm sure we'll touch base, base on that again here later in the episode. And then lastly, Iron Gwazi is officially open to the public. I've seen nothing but positive reviews on that as well. So I can't wait to get to Bush Gardens, Tampa, Tampa, excuse me. Uh, but that is all for this trip around the news carousel. All right. Hey, thanks, Chris. Well, in honor of Kings Island's 50th anniversary, we really wanted to dedicate this particular episode uh, to talking about our personal memories of Kings Island and to also talk about his memories of Kings Island. We have a very special guest co-host that's joining us in this episode. He has his own YouTube channel. He's been on multiple television shows, including uh, Extreme Rides. Uh, He's a former ACE regional representative. Uh, He's the logistics coordinator of the Eyes of Freedom Traveling Memorial, uh, honoring the United States Marines Lima Company out of Ohio. Let's go ahead and give a very special warm welcome to our show, Sean Flaherty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This is going to be exciting. You know, Kings Island has been a huge part of my life and I do have a lot of memories. So let's do it. All right. Well, you know what? Every adventure has a beginning and each of us on this podcast today has a beginning with Kings Island. My adventure that started back in 1977 at the age of two, uh, pretty much the earliest memory was, uh, standing in line for the, uh, puppet show, the original Kings Island theater, the big balloon tent, uh, I was just enamored. I mean, I remember, I I believe I was uh, laying on my dad's shoulder. Somebody was holding me. I remember seeing that big gigantic balloon and the air compressors next to it or the big fan units keeping that thing up. And it's like, wow. I mean, you know, something so huge and, you know, a little two-year-old kid. It's like, wow, it's just like something you can't forget. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my beginning at Kings Island. Um, but yeah, this bunch of fun times. Yeah. I can't say that. I remember that, uh, to be honest with you, my memory is not as good as it used to be. So, uh, but, um, man, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Brian, I think the first, uh, memory that I have of Kings Island was, uh, just my family getting season passes and surprising my brother and I with them, um, on, uh, I think it was one Easter, but I, I cannot remember the year. Um, but being like, I was really young. So the only rides I could do were like the kid rides, you know? Um, and I just kind of remember walking through the front gates and just being amazed with everything. You know, you walk right in and you're there on, um, was international street and the fountain is going and the music is playing and there's the Eiffel tower right in front of you. And um, just as a little kid, just being like, oh my gosh, this 
this is incredible. This is a special place. Um, so I think that's that's probably one of my uh, for very first memories of ever going to Kings Island. Yeah, we still get that feeling when we walk into the park, don't we? Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I guess for me, my earliest memories of Kings Island is uh, being up here in Columbus on the drive down 71 South. Uh, you have the the bridge that goes over the, was it the Little Miami River? Um, which we always call, we're going to go past the big hole in the ground, like as we were little kids driving down to Mason. And then you, it's just from that bridge on, you kind of knew how much closer you were getting to Kings Island and then seeing everything, like the tower um, and the skyline and everything. But my earliest memory of anything like what I would ride or anything like that as a little kid was the, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, the Flying Dutchman, the, the Swinging Shoes. Oh, yeah. Um, that's my earliest remember, uh, remembrance of any type of ride that I would like a flat ride that I would ride. And it's just, I'm so excited to know that I just found this out. I don't know how, but, um, that it's still in operation at Kings, uh, Kings, uh, or not Kings, uh, Kentucky kingdom. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to ride ride that recently again. It was pretty fun. That was actually my first ride at Kings Island. That was actually my first ride. Um, and I've been going to the park since I think 74 it might be 75 um i have pictures of my mom holding me and i'm freaked out by the banana splits characters and stuff and um (laughs) but most importantly for me uh my parents i mean not that this is too heavy or anything but my parents got divorced when i was like 13 and my father would be the one that would like take us on cross-country trips and my mom being a single mom we knew you know she really couldn't afford big cross-country trips so she would take my brother and i to king's island and that's how I really kind of started sinking my teeth into that park and realizing it, it was an outlet for me. And those trips with my mom uh, meant more to me than any other trips I probably probably have ever done. But then as I got older um, and got to work with the park because the ACE regional rep thing, um, I got to kind of really learn a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So that park means the world to me, obviously. So. Yeah, I think cool. we share something together, Sean, because my parents also were divorced. Um, and we, anytime we got to spend with my dad was going to Kings Island. So, uh, this was probably when I was eight years old. Um, oh, wow. so it was like every, every summer it was like, we know we're going to get at least a couple of trips to Kings Island a summer. So that's how I became such infatuated with the, uh, roller coaster community. And I started at an early age, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. mentioned in, uh, in episode one, I, you know, I, I know that we kind of shared a little bit about who we are and the reason why we're doing this and why we love the parks and all that. And, um, I just thought about, you know, during those times, um, I, well, I recently posted a photo of my dad and I, I know that you guys know this on my personal Facebook and, uh, it was taken at Kings Island. It was in 1973 and, uh, he's standing with one of the characters just outside the main gate. And, uh, Brian had reminded me that characters used to come out, uh, and greet you. Right. So that, that would have been the Hanna-Barbera. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. characters would come out and they would kind of greet you before you even walked into or walked past the gate. And great photo of my dad standing next to one of the characters. I don't remember who it was. Um, and uh, and I was there, but I was in my mom's stomach at the time. I was not born yet. <laughs> but my brother and sister were there. My cousins were there. And, um, you know, I could just tell just from looking at the photo that, uh, that you know, that my family thoroughly enjoyed just being at the park. And, uh, for, 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 for many years, you know, that's what we did every summer. We got season passes. We met up with our cousins 
And we were there, open to close. Uh, it seemed like almost every day throughout the season. Yeah, speaking of uh, the characters, I mean, yeah, banana splits, that would freak out any kid. I mean, I swear those guys were on acid or something. I mean, <laughs> just their costumes and everything. They're just like really off the wall. But uh, I think they kind of phased out in the mid to late 70s because I really don't remember them too much at the park. That's funny. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like the first Ronald McDonald, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if you ever uh, seen that photo. <laughs> kids go running away. Ah! <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think my favorite my favorite character that walked around was Captain Caveman. Oh yeah, or yeah. one who hardly was ever out, but it was just his outfit was just dead on. It, yeah, it was dead on. It was crazy. It, Nothing, just a big ball of hair. He you know? he was Captain Caveman for Captain for. Caveman. Oh man, mm-hmm. back back when I had long hair because I was a metalhead, still am. But when my hair was you know, really straightened down and all that stuff. Uh, people used to call me Captain Cave and my friends when I'd go to the park, like, oh, look, they have a character based on you. And I'd just be like, ah, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> and then you pull out your club and you hit them in t- on the top. Yeah. <laughs> Crack. Good stuff, man. So I don't remember much of like the characters from when I was a kid. Kind of vivid, not, not so vivid um, m- memories of that. But it seems like I've seen like Scooby-Doo, right? Scooby-Doo yeah. walked around as mm-hmm. well and kind of the whole cast of, of the Hanna-Barbera, but, um, uh, we'll see Huckleberry Hound. Huckleberry. Yeah, he Hound. was my favorite Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. yeah. Quick, quick mm-hmm. draw McGraw. Flintstones. Oh, yeah. Flintstones. Huckleberry. Hound. He, wasn't he, was he blue? Yeah. yeah. Who was the blue guy? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah that, that's well, that's where the blue ice cream came from. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't Which, know that. A lot of people think it started with the Smurfs, but it was actually yeah. Huckleberry Hound ice cream. Oh, see when it started. Yeah. I'm learning. Know that. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's a lot of people forget about Huckleberry Hound. I don't know why. I don't. He was out. I mean, there was a lot of things themed to him too. Yeah. The characters um, I remember the most are the ones that my brother and I were terrified of, which was the uh, I don't know what they're called, but the guys from Star Trek, Klingons, oh, Klingons, Klingons. Yeah. Klingons. Oh, and yeah. they come out like late at night, and I just remember my brother and I being like, uh, "No, we don't want anything <laughs> to do with y'all." Right now. So that's that's Paramount, of course. The, the Paramount mm-hmm. ears. I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe maybe <laughs> I've had, maybe I have it uploaded. I don't think I do, but I know I have some of those old Paramount commercials where they show like the Klingons riding the coasters and stuff. And we all know that did not happen on a normal day. Come on. I mean, <laughs> uh, but actually, um, some characters did ride the coaster. A buddy of mine who um, I won't name names, but he was Yogi Bear for a while. Um, let's just say he, he rode Scooby-Doo coaster when it was, well, it was beastie then. Right. And, uh, did some mischievous things, but, uh, who, who are we talking about, Brian? I, I, I can't say his <laughs> name. Yeah. But let's just say there, there is a season pass with scoop or with Yogi bear on it. Yogi has his own season pass somewhere. So I'm oh, going to wow. try to see if I can get a hold of that and we'll share it with everybody. But, uh, hey, boo boo. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he told me some crazy stories of what they used to do back then. Nice. Going back to the Klingons, I remember uh, when I was younger, sitting in International Street Restaurant, eating my meal as a kid, and then these Klingons just walk up right behind me, and then just <laughs> uh, literally, I was I was probably, I don't know how old I was then, but I just was freaked out as well because they were standing right behind me, just not talking, just staring at us eat. <laughs> so their, their, yeah. make, their makeup must have been really done really well right yes I mean, they, they did a good job with that they there there was a very very hot day and 
I don't know, 95, somewhere around there. And I was, wa- I was watching a Klingon walking back to like the employee, one of the employee entrances, just looking like he had been defeated. Like the, the makeup was running, like he had a day. And I was like, man, imagine what those people go through on those super hot days, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A friend of mine I went to high school. She said she was a Klingon up there for a little while. And, uh, that's the best quote I've heard all week, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even a Star Trek fan, but I, I that just, sorry. I would just have to high five you right now, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You but did that, say friend. Sorry. Never mind. I misheard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, Captain Caveman was my favorite. I mean, Jabber Jaws was my other, one of my other favorites. He was, most people don't remember Jabber Jaws. I guess he was kind of based off uh, Curly Stew, one of the Three Stooges. Yeah, you know, jab a jaw, jab a jaw. You do that so well. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it, it's a shame. I really wish they they could bring Hanna Barbera back, but I understand times change. We progressed into what a Nick Universe, then um, into the Peanuts Gang. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, on that note, you know, from our own personal experiences, um, without any sort of political or any kind of debate, but what is your favorite, uh, kind of, you know, the favorite, uh, part of Kings Island, like, uh, the, you know, Hanna-Barbera, the Paramount, like what, what season was kind of your favorite? Um, well, not just, season. What, what I'll do you call just, it? not season. I'll just, uh, I know this is probably controversial, but I wasn't the biggest fan of the Paramount years and it wasn't so much, um, amen, brother. It, it just it it was it was good, but I there was definitely instances where um, I think they were trying to put the story ahead of the ride, obviously because the studio type theming and all that, and didn't necessarily translate as good as they thought it would, mm-hmm. or decent as they thought it would. So um, I love the Cedar Fair era and the original era far more than the Paramount eras, but Paramount eras did bring a lot of really cool stuff. So yeah, yeah, I would have to, I would have to agree. Yeah, I'll say that yeah. I'm definitely a fan of the Cedar Fair era of Kings Island and the original, of course. Um, the only thing that really kind of grinds my gears about the Paramount era is that, like I, we've talked about in, I think, a previous episode, but was the removal of that antique ride for Backlot Stunt Coaster. That was my all-time favorite area of that park until mm-hmm. that coaster was there. Mm-hmm. Well, then the Flying Eagles, you know... Um, that was by far my favorite ride at that park. And uh, we had a going away party for it and all that stuff. Um, when they put Italian job in, we were like, oh, they didn't need to take out the flying heels for for the Italian job. And then they ended up putting that basketball game there instead. But hey, you can go to Carowinds and ride it. So still up, still operating. I did Hopefully love the flying angles. Yeah. I, I, I totally remember that doing the... Uh, Oh, the snapping and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still, I still love to go. If you go to Knobles, go ride theirs. You can snap like crazy on theirs. Mm. Hopefully, one day I'll be back. I, I know, I know, from some internal sources that the park, the park does try to get it back. They have been working trying to get it back, but it'll be nice if they can, if they can. But yeah, it's that thing. You could just snap the heck out of it and. I mean, I've seen people take those things sideways before. Oh, yeah. I, I, Todd Bills was a skinny kid. He lives down in Florida now, but he used to snap so violently on those that he would scare people out of line. And there would be parents that are like, 
the tub is hitting the ground. It wasn't hitting the ground, but you know, they would take off running. I mean, Just it was almost noise. every time. Yeah. It was awesome. So mm-hmm. And some of you may not know that we have um, someone that works behind the scenes that was just telling us a story. Laura, she's been telling us stories about how well she could whip those things. Yeah, so that's I mean, essentially yeah. just positioning it right to where you're, the, the tub sort of is, is turned, right? From the wind coming at you and then you, you quickly kind of go the other direction, right? Yeah, without sounding like a total surfer dude, you feel yeah. the groove. Okay. And, and then yeah, once you feel that groove, it just, mm-hmm. it, it just amplifies. And then you can snap... At least on the King's Island and Knobles one, you can snap so violently um, that it'll also snap on the top part of the arc, and then it gets kind of scary. You can flip your tub 360 sometimes uh, yeah. every once in a while. Um, and they, King's Island used to encourage, you know, like they do at Carowinds, uh, the Larson models. They don't encourage those uh, snapping on those, but those original rides that, like the one that was at King's Island, are very important. It was just a very natural thing to do that whenever you got on that ride. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've gotten yelled at a couple of times. <laughs> I can't say I remember anybody, any of my friends or anybody telling me to, uh, how to do it. You just instinctively, it was just like, oh, this will do this. Yep. You know. And once you get in the groove, it it, it literally become addicting. And then the next morning, you'd have what we ever refer to as flyer back because you're like, oh, man, why is my back so sore? And, <laughs> you know. I still have flyer back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, it's interesting you say that because I remember when um you know they they used to not really care if you did it yeah right but then like in later years we'd be going and you know snapping them and they'd instinctively come on the intercom like please do not snap the wire and you're like really come on everyone's doing it yeah so there some parks are really strict against it like if they have a larson model like king's islands larson i mean you can snap them but they'll they'll i know people that are banned from that ride because of that but um you can I mean, King's Island, depending on the ride operator, but like, I mean, Don Helbig and I, I mean, we kind of bonded through that ride for for years. We would just ride that thing over and over. And every once in a while, you get this ride operator and be like, that doesn't look safe. And I'm like, well, the ride is designed to do that, you know? So every once in a while, you get a kind of crazy ride operator. Well, for those watching the video on YouTube, I just want to point out, Sean has great eye to camera. Oh, etiquette sorry. You're, you you got that down it's like we, we clearly do not know what we're doing here no i've <laughs> so, done i've done enough that's an inspiration camera things to you know just end the vlogging thing i'm mm-hmm. I'm used to looking in a lens so that's great i wish i do it more i got a weird angle here so yeah i i guess i'll just jump in here real quick in regards to paramount um i think all of you kind of know this sean i don't think you know this but my uh, memory from Paramount days is uh, probably my, my best memory would have been uh, the Titanic on tour uh, exhibit. And mm-hmm. Sean, I'd love to hear uh, what you know about that or, or if, uh, if you, you know, if you experienced I, that, but I didn't experience the actual attraction, but I went to the park a few times while I was there. So I saw mm. yeah, the um, tent. A lo- a lo- yeah. Like the, the signs out front and the banners and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. inside, but I never, I never took the, the time mainly because I was with friends that said, I'm sorry, but I don't want to go see the history of a sinking ship. That doesn't seem fun. And I'm like, what? <laughs> come on, let's go. You know, let's, let's, let's take a break from the coasters and, Nobody ever wanted to do it. Well, that, I so. can tell you. So that was in the summer of uh, of 98. And uh, I was actually one of the cast members uh, in oh, the wow. Titanic on tour. So, um, and I, it, it was just dumb luck, quite honestly. So at the time I worked in radio, uh, but I also worked uh, for a production company. And the production company essentially was hired to 
um, to build sets and stuff for kind of national bands and and different exhibits that came in. And uh, so we, you know, the, the the team I was on, we uh, basically um, built the you know the tent kind of you know where all this uh, this exhibit w- was held in. And um, my supervisor at the time told me that somebody per- from Paramount was uh, talking to him about uh, they needed um, a cast member uh, to join. And he reached out to me because he knew I worked in radio and I guess he just thought that I could probably do this. But truth is, I, I never did anything like this in actual kind of everything I've ever done has been behind a microphone by myself in a room, nobody else around generally. Uh, but anyway, so I said, what the heck? So I, I actually auditioned for it. And to my, pre- to my surprise, I, I got the part and, uh, it turned out to be one of the coolest experiences ever. It was for about, I think eight or nine weeks. Um, and I was, um, I was, I was, I was a, uh, the cast member, I was a sailor, uh, from the Titanic and, uh, you know, got to interact with people as they walked through the exhibit. Uh, we had to be in character, um, my costume was actually worn, uh, in the movie by one of the actors, one of the, um, sailors in the movie and it, you know, it was tailored fit to, you know, to, to fit me and stuff like that. But, um, man, it was a good, good times. I met some cool people and, um, I still have all that, all that, um, I've got the, you know, the, the ship shape crew protocol, uh, protocol, which is kind of like, um, you know, our, uh, different, uh, character descriptions and things like that. And, you know, I got the laminate still and, uh, I even have the uh, the paycheck stub from Paramount <laughs> for paying me for the gig. So nice. Uh, that was a fun one. That's really cool, man. I, I there, I, they had. What were some of the other kind of things they brought in like that, or was that one one of the only main ones? So, like attractions like that. Uh, I don't during I don't, that time. Wow, I don't recall because this was actually like it was like the movie props. You know, it was like the actual yeah. sort of sets and stuff from the movie. Um, on on that sort of level, I, I nothing comes to mind. Yeah, that's yeah, something I, I, was, I could think of. <laughs> that really came through like that. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was in the car, right, in the back seat of the car that was on the ship. Uh, I laid on the couch. You, know, you got <laughs> to do it, right? Did they oh, wow. did they draw you like one of them French women? Well, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I will never tell. <laughs> of course, I, Brian. Of course I, I just realized uh, we finally identified a piece of Kings Island history I have. I actually have a sign. You can't see it in frame, but it's hanging on my shelf here. It's the sign from the Titanic exhibit. Oh. It says use of cameras or video recorders of any type is strictly prohibited in this area. Yeah, that's for, so the, cool. for the longest time. I was trying to figure out where it came from because it came from the park because somebody from the park gave it to me. And I was trying to identify that I talked with Joe and he looked at his stuff and the color schemes are exactly the Titanic color schemes. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I is remember fun. seeing a sign like that when I went to the exhibit because mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to record anything. So that's why you don't see anything online about it. Hardly. Yeah. N- nobody was able to take pictures or anything. Huh. And that was really before the technology with cell phones. So I couldn't take yeah. any photos. Yeah, that was uh God. That was really before. Well, before smartphones and that's when you had to have disposable cameras. <laughs> I think well, yeah. 98, yeah. 98, we probably had the Nokia's playing uh, uh centipede or worm you, or whatever on it. Well, we had, <laughs> I we think had I had one of those dial cameras. <laughs> the, the, the film was like in a circle. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, a disc oh, yeah. camera, mm-hmm. disc camera. Okay. Yeah. I actually saw one of those at the antique mall the other day. Yeah. <laughs> 
get so so now that we're talking about like our favorite things that have been at the park is there any type of things you'd like to see in the future of king's island Ooh, good question um you know what uh for me for as far as a coaster goes i think a multi-launch would do well like a, a solid multi-launch i mean more of an aggressive type ride than say uh italian job um even though that's multi-launch um i don't know um Maybe some old older rides, maybe a couple new flats. There's some insane flat rides coming out. Uh, and, you know, usually, you know, you have to have something high capacity and stuff like that. I, I wish I wish parks in general would get start going towards more of the, more of the high capacity stuff now. They kind of got away from that. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, selling cheat line passes and all that stuff, I understand. But um, at the same time, I don't know. Uh, Kings Island's just, just expanded on a, on a kind of like an emotional level, so to speak, and like visual level. Um, so much so that, uh, it, it, it's such a, it, it's almost doesn't seem like the same park in ways, but sometimes it does. I don't know if you guys experience that too. I'm just very happy for where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, I I think Cedar fair has done a lot to bring back the magic that was lost with paramount. One thing I would love to see them do is, bring back a little bit more theming. I know they're slowly doing it with some of their new rides and stuff, but I think more area theming is needed. I'm, I remember going to the park years ago and everything was isolated. I mean, Rivertown was isolated. Hanna-Barbera Lane was isolated. Coney Mall was isolated. Adventure Village was isolated. I mean, you have woods and, be- you know, good amount of thick woods in between each of them. And, it just made the park seem so much bigger back then too. Yeah. I would have to agree on the theming thing. Uh, for me, it's fest house because as a kid, that was the coolest thing ever to be inside there with the stage. And, um, they had some anima animatronics, I think a little bit of that. Right. If, if I remember right, but you know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know like through the eyes of a kid, I mean, everything looks right. A little different, but it's it's not my favorite place to walk into now, and um, it's air conditioning. I think that's like that's the biggest draw right now. But uh, and La, La Rosa's Pizza, um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. As as a kid or when I was younger, walking in there was just something about it. It just it it felt like you were just transported into a different time. Uh, but uh, for me, yeah, it's kind of sad to see like it just doesn't have that same kind of feel anymore. I think. They did a great job the last, was it last year or last off season or the off season before that with revamping International Street. Um, it looks great now. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing, I, I agree with Sean. I think a great multi-launch coaster would fit really nice where Vortex was. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think if I had like a 1B, it would be to bring back, uh, was it Kenton's Neil Keelboat oh. Canal? I think that was that was all my favorite. The uh, Aero Hydro Flume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I miss that. Now we just have that big tan box that sits there and only is used one time a year or so. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else remembers this or not, but another memory popped in my head. And um I wish I still had it, but I know I don't. Um 
the um the 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 recording sound booth thing that you could walk in and record yourself on cassette. Oh, yeah. oh hot right? tracks. Hot tracks. Man, I knew yeah. somebody would would remember that. Um yeah, you can make I totally the music videos and stuff. Yeah, there, I was yeah, probably, there was a recording booth too, I think. Yeah, this was a recording booth. It wasn't a music video, but you could walk in, you can do your song selection. And I, I think it was inside one of the stores, but the other side of it, people walking by can see you inside yes. of this this booth. And man, I'm trying to think real quick. I was probably somewhere to like 12 years old, my guess. 10, 11, 12 years old. I I know they had it there um, in 91 because um, I have a video from... Columbus Station WCMH that that went down there in ninety one and they they did that on the on the episode I, I have it uploaded mm. somewhere so like at the, the park yep okay that's so cool he he, he sang uh, Moon River I know that well so I sang <laughs> Under the Boardwalk and I have no idea why I chose that song I mean I, it could have been Michael Jackson it could have been like you know Prince it could have, maybe I don't know I can't I don't remember the catalog exactly but um. I did under the boardwalk yep. <laughs> uh, and it was pretty decent, I think, but anyways, but just to get that cassette, you know, the technology of that. And uh, I mean, I felt like I was on star search. It was awesome for those who remember star search. Yeah, I do. Tony <laughs> mall back in the day, back in the eighties was the happening place on the weekend with teenagers. I mean, it was, it's just, I, I can still vi- envision it in my mind. I mean, mm. it's just, and the ambiance it's like i can hear the music i can see the lights at night it's just like it's something you can't get back but it's you know yeah what about the character drawing so that 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 is that is in the same spot it's always been in right you know what i'm talking about as as you kind of walk up to the right there yeah i believe so yeah where they the person sits out there they draw the they do the character the like the, the yeah. side profile of you in a kind of a comic way i don't i don't know exactly what it's called but i think yeah characters they've always been on that corner right it's there it's always been there right for like forever um and i remember as a kid again you know having my character done and it's always been in that same spot so walking into the park today i look at that spot and again, I'm immediately taken back to when I was a kid. And it's so awesome that they just keep it there. Uh, kind of what a, a small thing for probably most people, but, you know, brings me back. Those are well, the little things that matter, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also something right there, too, that actually came from Coney is the water fountain right by the caricatures right next to Graders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That water fountain was at Coney Island and it was transplanted to Kings Island. Hmm. And uh, there there, isn't there this weird tradition with some of the younger enthusiasts they did a few years back where they would ride the last ride of the night on the beast and then they would go to that drinking fountain on the way out and they couldn't end their night. Do you know about this? Yeah, I heard something like that. They, I can't remember what they called it. It wasn't just drinking the fountain. There was a whole thing they did on their vlogs and stuff. And, and I, I'm like, you know what? I've never even noticed that drinking fountain until that video. Now... I see it every time, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I just don't drink out of it after I've seen bir- birds poop in it. And uh, you know, it's, kinda, it's one of those old ones where the spout's like straight up. So, you know, that birds hit yeah. that target a couple Inside times. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> but to, but uh, to go off Joe's topic, um, just, I, I can agree with seeing how the park has changed from when I started to go probably in 19, I don't know, 88 might've been my first trip there to where it is now and just seeing that, wow, that used to be something else that was, or an empty spot. I just like when diamond back was added with the swan pond that was there and everything like that. I just, 
it gets it blows my mind how it's changed from back then to to now. Yeah, that when you sad. think, um, yeah, go ahead, Brian. I love Diamondback. I love the coaster, but that ripped a hole in my soul when they tore Swan Lake out. Mm. That that gutted Rivertown pretty bad. I mean that that was that was the heart and soul. You, Rivertown. You, you should have seen the Swans on Media Day. They weren't too happy. <laughs> Every time <laughs> yeah. the splashy on, they do fly. I'm serious. They like they kept on flying away and get back there and make all these sounds, and they mm. finally left. So that's sad. Yeah. So, uh, some of your favorite memories, what, what's, you know, maybe your first memory of like at the moment that you knew that that, that particular ride, whatever it is, was your favorite. That's the one, like you always had to go back to, uh, do you recall that at all, Sean? Absolutely. Um, and I, I don't want to say the beast is my favorite ride. Okay. But quite honestly, I would not be talking to you guys. if It was not for that coaster because that is the ride that broke my fear. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up, all those visits I did with my family, I would never ride anything bigger than the Beastie. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was June 16th, 1990. Uh, I had just graduated high school and uh, some friends took me down to Kings Island and I rode the Beast for the first time. And before that ride was over, I knew um, I would be doing this for the rest of my life. And I knew Kings Island was going to be not just a park I would go to my family. It was just a whole other thing. And uh, I credit an awful lot um, to my whole involvement in this hobby to that ride. And that's why it's important to me. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard several people um, speak to that. In fact, like to go from the beastie to the beast, right? Working up that mm-hmm. courage. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that now, was definitely the ultimate. Dare I say the new beast? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So, we shall or see. Son of beast. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I think I was I was opposite of that though. The racer is mine. When I when I was a kid, racer the racer was the first coaster I rode. I rode that before I rode the Beastie. Scooby Doo the Beastie. Because mm-hmm. I was just that crazy kid that wanted to do crazy things. And it's like I didn't want to ride the small one. I wanted to ride the big coaster. And that was before the racer I mean before the beast was there. It was they were building it at the time. But, um, so I believe that was, yeah, it's like 78 or 79. I rode the racer. I was, nice. I remember sitting in my dad's lap, my sister sitting next to us. That's when we had buzz bars and they let parents put small children on their lap, <laughs> you know, something that would <coughs> never, uh, <laughs> fly today. Yeah. You referenced You referenced that in one of our episodes and you yeah. talked about, you spoke about how your dad put, um, paper towels rolled up into your shoes. Oh to make yeah. You, that was for King oh, yeah, Cobra. A little taller. King Cobra. <laughs> yeah. Oh, King Cobra. Wow. King Cobra. I was like, like a quarter of an inch too short. So yeah. <laughs> so he padded your shoes with paper towels from the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah shame on you, Brian. <laughs> I, mean, I also have to credit the beast with really getting me into coasters as well. Cause we would take our every, you know, that was the only park we ever would go to. Uh, Cause we didn't want to drive all the way up to Cedar point. I didn't even know about it cedar point back then but so it was always king's island it was always the beast the beast the beast we're riding that over and over until we all we got tall enough to ride vortex which was my first coaster mm-hmm. for inversions and so it was kind of a bittersweet day when that ride came down um yes it was getting rough but it was also just uh, a memory that's you know it's always going to be a memory but it's just something that's not there anymore um but those two coasters i credit with me getting really into 
Yeah, Chris, I would agree with with you on the vortex because I can remember like my first roller coaster was the Beastie. I think I I said that in, like the first episode, um, and I liked you know the racer and but I was honestly, I mean, I was short, so I couldn't ride the vortex for a long time. Um, but I was also terrified of it, right? Because as a little kid, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go upside down and you know like there's no way that i'm gonna make it out alive if i do it and i remember the first time i rode the vortex it was like okay yep i can do this this is amazing um and now i'm I'm hooked so i agree with you chris it was a very very bittersweet to uh to ride the vortex one last time i'm kind of upset because the year that they announced that it was going to close we were at the park before they announced it and I was like, oh, I really should ride this one more time. But I was like, man, I really don't want to have to deal with that headache afterwards. And I'm sad that I, I ended up not riding it. So now I, I really regret that. It The closing day, and I don't know if it was just in the air, because um, I would only ride that thing once a year. I mean, let's face it, it, it just beat you up a lot of times. And for whatever reason, um, I rode in the back row, which I usually would ride, but I had an absolutely incredible ride that reminded me of the, like, the 90s. and. Uh, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to end it there. I'm not going to try to ride it again because that was about as perfect ride as I can get. But uh, for, I, I don't know if anybody else was here on closing day. I know Brian was, but the the strangest thing happened on the on the last hour of its life. Um, a lot of people have it documented. Um, the sky turned the color of vortex. It turned purple and orange, just wow. like the supports. And it was the perfect send off for that ride. Uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, we talk about the beast, and I, I would agree again about the beast being kind of that one where you work up the courage and you kind of you feel like a man at that point, right? If you did that, you're you're set. You know that you're hooked and you're ready to do the others. But what about flight of fear? Now I know, of course, like beast was around longer and we were younger, right, when we could ride that. But flight of fear came a little bit later, I think, sometime in what late nineties or something, mid to late nineties. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I think most most of us were. We're growing up then, right? <laughs> but, uh, uh, I waited six hours for my first ride for that. Uh-huh. The line, they were running one train on uh, Season Pass ERT. And uh, the line went back to Vortex, uh, Vortex's station. And it took, I got in line at 3 p.m. and got on it at 9 o'clock. And I mean, I'm ashamed to admit this, but this is when uh, it had the original shoulder restraints. I don't mean the, the padded ones. It mm. had the really hard, yeah. green things mm-hmm. and it was so bad that in the parking lot i attempted to light my season pass on fire <laughs> wow and i was like i am never coming back to this park again like that ride i said it'll be gone in six months and mm. but it's it goes to show you what a little change like just removing the shoulder restraints can do to a ride because uh, i have no problem riding that now yeah the inversions on that i mean it's 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 at a slower speed so you're you know, you're, you're upside down longer, right? Am I, am I right in saying that? Or? Uh, there, it does four inversions in the first, I think, 10 seconds of that ride. Mm-hmm. And it does a cobra roll, a kind of a half cobra roll. And then the last, actually it's three inversions and the last inversions, like somewhere down below it's a corkscrew, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's what the top speeds, I think <clears throat> 55 or 60. And back then when that ride, it was, uh, debuted, it was the most intense launch in the world. <clears throat> and then you go up and look at, dragsters launch and it's exactly twice as much so zero to 60 and four as opposed to zero to 120 and four and who knows where we're going to go you know but uh yeah good 
flight of fear has a special part place in my in my coaster life as well but it, it just i don't know how much longer it'll be there so mm-hmm. yet yet flight of fear is the one still running i mean and to be honest i mean dragster could technically run yeah so it's not that it's broken down right right it wasn't the launch that was the problem you know um but th- th- who knows i don't know who, if they went like lsm or they as a matter of fact um and i'm sure you guys know i know brian knows this but um the original uh propulsion system for flight of fear was wasn't going to be limbs it was going to be a flywheel launch and uh then the company that made the uh, the limbs um force engineering i think the name of the company was uh they approached premiere and said let's do this and or however that works but yeah it was supposed to be a flywheel launch originally mm-hmm. like before they announced it and all that stuff like when they were talking about the ideas one thing about flight of fear i can always remember every time i ride it is that at the very end when it does that corkscrew i'm going to not realize which direction i'm coming into the the final break run <laughs> okay i've ridden with dozens of people that that has happened to and i am so jealous because it doesn't happen to me but i've had it happen on another ride once before so i know what you're talking about it's just never happened to me on that ride yeah, I feel like, like I'm i've coming seen people hold on sideways. yeah that's what i've i've seen people hold on saying why are we sideways and i'm like what are you talking about we're right yep. side up <laughs> I, I i did a loop uh, a, Sh- a schwarzkopf shuttle loop that was partially enclosed in uh Belgium in 2002 and it launched you did the loop and did the spike but when you went backwards in the the loop which was enclosed they had all these strobe lights that were synced so when we went through the loop when we went back to the flat section towards the station all of a sudden it felt like another spike and I was looking down I felt like I was looking down in, in the station and all the people standing were you know standing vertically yeah I'm like what what is happening what is happening you know <laughs> bizarre a really cool it's a really cool moment it really is i'm not ashamed to admit that um with flight of fear and i think i bring this up to joe every time we go to the park and ride it (laughs) that it was only about five years ago that i realized so if you if you've never if you're listening and you and you haven't ridden uh flight of fear when you walk into the queue it's like you're in this outer space there's an alien invasion kind of thing and there's this big spaceship and it took, like I said, about five years ago, I realized it's not an actual spaceship. Yep. It's a mirror. Mm-hmm. Yep. Half of a spaceship. I, like, I just Dude. never, and all of a sudden, I just remember looking up and being like, oh, that that's not real. <laughs> so, no joke, that day that I spent six hours in line, okay, when I got in that room, I saw other people on the other side. And I'm like, oh, my God, this this, <laughs> this spaceship is just a bridge to go into more queue. And then, like, I kept on passing, and all of a sudden, I looked over and saw myself, and I'm like, "I'm, it's a mirror. We're almost there." <laughs> so I, really, I, I feel your pain, man. Trust me. Yeah, it's really smartly done, though. With the, the oh way they yeah, did that. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Cut good the, on, uh, good on Kings Island for keeping that video in the queue line. Keep uh, <laughs> same video. So, yeah, <laughs> classic. The, now, do you guys know why Flight of Fear has the the lap bars? It has. No, no, Be- because of Son of Beast. Those were the same restraints as Son of Beast. Um, wow. When when they realized they could do uh, an inversion with those hmm. lap restraints, like Son of Beast, that's when they, in 2001, that's when they switched to, they were like, well, then let's just put them on Flight of Fear. They talked to Premiere. But here's the cool thing. Um, I guess that because that was a Paramount design, they worked with Premiere on that lap bar. Any other park that gets that type of restraint design, I think Paramount or 
somebody gets a little extra cash or however that works because it was a paramount design. So the Six Flags parks that have that lap bar, you know, Je- Jeff Siebert tried to explain that to me once before and I, I didn't really understand it. So, um, but it's pretty cool that, you know, it's because of Son of Beast, we have those premier lap bars. Wow. That's awesome. Well, talking about the Kings Island's 50 years of memories. Rest in peace. The, 50, the big oh, 50, uh, the big 50 <laughs> celebration is coming up. So, uh, what's Sean, what's your plans for, uh, for the big 50? You know what? I really, this is, this is going to sound really lame, but I really don't have any plans. Um, I tour a lot for work and, um, because the last two years, there wasn't a lot of traveling going on and, you know, for pretty much everybody, um, I'm playing a lot of catch up. And, uh, so I'm not planning on going to the park a whole lot this year just because I just don't have the time and, and, and that can change, you know, but I mean, I didn't even buy a season pass yet. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I want to go, obviously, uh, um, I think I'm seven months older than Kings Island. So, uh, there's that tie as well. So I definitely want to go there and experience some of the 50th, but I, I don't think I'll be there early in the year. If anything, it'll be in the summer or fall. But like I said, that could change, but I'm happy that they're, they're, they're celebrating it for sure. Yeah. They're going to have a big birthday uh, bash on the 27th of April. Oh, okay. I believe is the 27th. I think. Yeah. So it's the actual opening day. So I don't know what all they have. That's got to be. A, that's got to be a big birthday cake. That's all I got to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just hope they roll out the red carpet on that one. I'm sure they'll do. I mean, that park deserves it for sure. Wouldn't it be cool so, if they like brought back like certain characters and stuff? They just all started kind of showing up. <laughs> I know it'll never happen, licensing and all that. But hey, you know cool what? Though? Just go to eBay and try to find a costume and wear it to the park. Yeah, I'll just do it. Yeah, <laughs> I will be. Uh, Scooby-Doo. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. It looks like they, they've done a lot of, uh, off season improvements. Uh, a lot of painting, a ton of painting, uh, some curb work, stuff like that. Um, I think yesterday we were talking about how I, I think Bynum painting is making some buku bucks this year. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no joke. They're 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 going nuts. I mean, all the major parks, and it's and it's, and it's the right time to do it, I think, because nobody has a lot of huge spending cash. Um, so you know, little things like that make a big difference as well. You know, I, there, there's a, a bunch of the younger enthusiasts that are still kind of pushing for you know, Son of Beast to return next <laughs> year. But you, you know what, I would be really happy with the return what? of a Sky Ride. I think they need to yeah. install. I actually talked to Don about this. And he kind of came up with the idea, like the Disney. Uh, what's the name of their sky ride? Oh, the new thing that they just did. Yeah, the, the I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. Do one that can actually connect a couple spots in the park, but also where it goes down to see the campgrounds. Now, have it go down oh. the street, just like they do in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bet be you, cool. I bet you that would bring a lot of people in. But they I, need they need a people mover within the park for like older guests. When, when was that? When was that taken out, Brian? Real quick. So, uh, off season between seventy nine and eighty. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I know I wrote it, and I just can't remember. My mom said she would never take us on it because that's when they had to evacuate people or something. From it was it. down most of the year in seventy nine. Okay. But they, I think they finally took it out in like January or February of eighty. 
Yeah, that'd be a good idea. I mean, just look how popular, you know, bringing back the antique cars was. Oh, yeah. And there's you, always you know, a line for it. Oh, yeah. You always got to wait. And then, um, I mean, I, I miss the old one. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I got a lot of good memories on that. Well, that's the second. But it was so sin. popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's so popular. So, yeah, bringing, bringing some of that stuff back, I think, is a, you know, pretty good idea. I know a lot of, like Sean, you mentioned, a lot of, uh, if you go on the uh, pass holders Facebook page, it seems like every week someone's like, "When are they bringing back Son of Beast?" It, it, I mean, it, it'd be cool, I guess, but it's not coming back. That that ride was so terrible. I'm I'm just gonna go say it. I I <laughs> yeah. was the biggest Son of Beast cheerleader for many years, not because of the ride, but just <clears throat> just the the whole enormity of the whole situation, and. Then um, I had to stop riding it. I rode it, I think, one time when it after the loop was removed and got a, quite a thrashing and said, "You know what? I I don't have to do this anymore." So I never rode it again. Then it closed soon after. But mm-hmm. yep. um, yeah, it made me bleed. It made me bleed. I was oh. like, that's it. I, I I got off the ride. I started pouring blood out of my nose. And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm done." If it's that rough, it's making my nose bleed. I was like, "I'm mm. done with it." Yeah, and that I got was one. that was a year before they closed it. Yeah, I got one ride with the loop, one ride without, and I said never again, never again. I, I got a couple hundred rides on it with the loop just because I was an extra for video shoots. You just would ride it, you know, several hours. And Jeff Siebert, um, one of the shoots, uh, it was opening year. He uh, he said, um, "I'm I'm going to put you in in seat two one, which is notoriously the worst seat in the coaster." I'm like, well, why would you do that? And he's like, oh, I know you can handle it. You know, I, you and a couple of your friends, you, you guys will handle it. And it was incredible. It didn't beat us up at all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I found the sweet seat. This is amazing. And I went back the very next day with some other friends and said, we have to ride in the seat. It's like the magic seat on this train and got the worst ride I've ever had on it. So I never understood that ride ever. It was so temperamental. I would say, if anything, I want Phantom Theater back. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. That's they, a good point. A dark ride. So let's let's start to wind it down here, guys, if you don't mind. Sure. But um, sure. maybe in closing, we can talk about uh, thinking about some memories here. But yeah, what would be something you would want to see come back? Phantom Theater. Phantom Theater. <laughs> Chain of Voyage. Oh, that's a good one. I would I would agree with you there, Brian. Instant nostalgic. Anything the other the log flume. <laughs> the, the other log yes. flume. The big I can't, I, the big, I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, I did. I do remember. I love that one. Yeah, that, what was, that, that was the thing as a kid. It was the little log flume and the big log flume. Yep. That's yeah. what you always called it. Yeah. Yep. That was KCKC, right? Yeah. The initials? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mailboat, canal, something like that. There we go. Yeah. Kenneth, I can't remember. Kittens Keelboat Canal. Yep. I, I have a I have a map from the park on my wall, but that ride is not on there. Or maybe it is. Maybe I can read. I don't know. I think somebody got, said it already. So, Sean, thanks so much for being with us here. We, we truly welcome. appreciate it. It's been awesome to to talk with you and have you uh, sharing some of your memories and and uh, some viewpoints about the park and. You know, we're we're all local to um, to Kings Island, so it's uh, it, it holds a very special place in our hearts. I'm sure we would all agree with that. Thank you, thank you for having me. Thanks so much, man. So yeah, and for you out there, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Inside Amusements. 
And uh, be sure to visit us at InsideAmusements.com. You can follow us on social media. Uh, Like, subscribe, share with your friends. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.